Welcome to Mount Isa Birth Stories. This is a podcast for women who have birthed in Mount Isa to share their stories. We hope these conversations can help our fellow pregnant sisters feel more prepared for their birthing time. If you would like to share yours, please contact us on social media at Mount Isa Birth Stories. There is strictly no naming of our local nurses, midwives and doctors. Please note nothing in these episodes is to be taken as medical advice. Please see your healthcare provider if you have any medical concerns. Enjoy the episode. episode we have Reggie sharing the birth of her firstborn son Harper. Reggie touches on the heartache of being unable to conceive for a number of years and how her faith comforted her through these dark times. All of this led to an incredibly powerful birth of baby Harper just a few short months ago. Please enjoy the episode. So did you want to start like just at the start even and how you, how you found out you're pregnant and all of that type of, all the feelings and how did pregnancy treat you and all of that? Yeah. Um, Were so you in Man Isa I, when you got pregnant? No. I, well, we lived in Man Isa, but I was, we were on holiday in Cairns when we oh, felt pregnant. Nice. Yeah. So my husband had just um, gone back from Thailand. Um, we obviously we'd been trying for three years. Um, we were not in a good place, um, just disappointment after disappointment. And, um, we're also quite religious. So, um, it was just a real big down for us. Um, I guess spiritually, mentally, everything. Um, so we decided to have a bit of a break where he would kind of go to Thailand, work on his flight career and kind of have some time to, work on himself and I would stay back home work and also have that time on my own to work for myself as well. Um, had a bit of a breakdown one night. Um, I was crying and praying and, um, just really pouring my heart out to God Mm because I was really upset about not having fallen pregnant. Um, my husband and I had been actively trying for three years, but we'd been together, um, coming up this month 13 years so we'd been together for a long time and we were definitely ready to have a family Mm -hmm. at this moment with God um next day I went to church and it was almost as if God was talking to me and was like hey this is a promise I'm gonna I'm promising you that this time next year you'll be holding your son um Mm -hmm. and he kind of used our pastor to do that and you'll see my Instagram post there's a photo and of maternity photo and it's got my husband and I and underneath I've just got a bible verse and it says this time next year you'll embrace a son Um, yeah it was and um so we had that I had that experience and I kind of had this peace come over me and I was like you know what I know I'm going to be mum don't know when but it'll happen um a month later my husband came back from Thailand and we fell pregnant straight away. Oh wow, that's just <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And I think for us it was just like, yeah. wow, oh, awesome. Like he's our little miracle baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. That's so nice. Oh yeah. wow. So how was how did pregnancy treat you? What was your first trimester like? And um my first trimester so I didn't get any cravings at all during my pregnancy, which is crazy because okay. I love chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> I did get hectic 
morning sickness. So every day, significant nausea, vomiting, and quite violent vomiting. <laughs> My husband yeah. would get quite scared because um, when I'd start vomiting, it, it sounded like and felt like my whole gut was coming out of my mouth. Oh, so pretty hectic. Um, so that was, I think, yeah, my first trimester, hectic morning sickness every day. Um, that was probably the only symptom that I really had about um, with being pregnant. Yeah. Um, around 16 weeks, it died down and I was just getting nauseous. And then the vomiting was maybe every second day. Oh, wow. That's still so much vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Still quite violent vomiting as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a struggle to keep things down. I nearly had to go to the ED one t one t at one point um, because I, got, I couldn't keep anything down and I was getting a bit dehydrated. Um, but then it passed and I was all okay. Yeah. Um, Around 22, 20 weeks, um, my morning sickness kind of subsided. So it was just nauseous every now and then, generally in the mornings, and then um, maybe vomiting once a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's still so much. Yeah. I had a bit of mild like nausea in the first trimester, and that was enough for me. So I don't know how you coped with that. <laughs> it, it was hectic. Um, Wow. Yeah, it was it was hard to hide it at work, especially my first trimester, because you know I was really paranoid about telling anyone, especially at work. Yeah. So it was really hiding it. Um, there were a few times I vomited in my bin, and oh. no one knew. So I was like, "Oh, sweet." <laughs> oh my gosh! You oh wow. Was but, there anything you did that made it feel better, or there was no stopping it? Like you just it just happened. Um, the things that made it feel better was like you know. The general things like toast, um, dry crackers, anything um, bland, dry, seemed to help keep it down. Yeah. Um, it's whenever I ate, and this was the thing that I used to get so frustrated about, um, whenever I ate healthy, yeah. it would make my morning sickness worse. Yeah. So, yeah, and I used to get so frustrated because I really wanted to, you know, be giving my baby as much nutrients as possible, but then my body wouldn't be able to hold it down. So I would be eating like toast with yeah. Nutella and peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a bit crazy. But, <laughs> yeah. You got to do what you got to do to just at least get something in there. Hey, like, yeah, that's it. And it eventually um, got easier. Yeah. Um, I think around 20, 20, 22 weeks, I had a bit of a scare. Um, so I got, uh, food poisoning oh. so I'm not sure what I ate but I got some food poisoning and was pretty hectic because um, my husband got it first and he was in the bathroom all night and then in the, mo the morning it hit me oh. and I was in the bathroom and then I was vomiting oh. um, so we ended up having to go to ED for that because obviously um, food poisoning can be pretty dangerous when you're pregnant uh-huh um, so we were in the hospital overnight, which was pretty scary. Mm -hmm. um, but they everything came back all good. We listened to um, our son's heartbeat. We um, the doctors checked me over, did an ultrasound, and after being monitored, they said I was fine to go home. Mm -hmm. And then 
we went home and then the next morning I woke up and I was bleeding. Oh. So I freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously. So my husband and I rushed up back to the hospital and my midwife, um, yeah. who was amazing. She was amazing from my pregnancy through to um, postpartum. She was great. Yeah. Um, she met me up at the hospital and she's like, no, it's okay. Sometimes this happens. And she kind of talked me through everything, helped me stay calm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had to monitor um, baby yeah. for a little bit and they checked me out and everything was all good. It was just spontaneous bleeding that oh, had wow. happened. So nothing was wrong, thank goodness. Yeah, um, but it must have just been so confronting to wake up and have blood there and you just, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, it was probably, yeah, I I was devastated because um, I was like, no, this can't be happening, God, you promised this child to us. <laughs> but it was all good. Yeah. So when yeah. did you first start, like when you got pregnant, did you have an idea of what type of maternity care you wanted or did you know, like, did you have a doctor or what was your plans kind of thing heading into your pregnancy? What did you want all of that yeah. to look like? And yeah. Yeah. So I, um, because we had been trying, we had been referred to um, the Manizer Hospital to the fertility yeah. clinic um so we were seeing um the obstetrician there yep. um and so i had discussed with my obstetrician that um because originally i wanted to have a home birth so that was that has always been my thing since i was a, since i was a little girl oh, was to so birth. what yeah. uh, did you have women in your life that you had seen had home births or no no never had a kind of internal kind of thing happening there yeah, um, I've from as I guess for as long as I could remember, I've always just wanted to be a mom, and then I always as well, when it came to being pregnant and then experiencing motherhood, I wanted to experience it in its fullness, and for me, that meant having a home birth, um, having a natural birth with no drugs, um, um, and yeah. Yeah, that's wow. that's what I wanted. Yeah. Um, so I spoke to the obstetrician about that. They said that unfortunately they don't offer it here in Manchester, which I wasn't surprised about. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to have a home birth given that um, it was going to cost us well over ten thousand dollars. I'm like, fly up, <laughs> yep. ring more in the house. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> uh, so we didn't get to go with that option but um I just I said that I wanted it to be as natural process as possible um so I accepted a referral to the MGP mm -hmm. um midwife group practice and I was allocated a midwife mm -hmm. and um she was amazing so from the start she um like I she <laughs> the, I remember the first thing she said to me is like Oh, yes, I know why I was allocated to you because you wanted a home birth. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, okay, this is what I'm here to support you. And if this is what you want to do, then we can definitely work through that. And she, from the start, said that whatever barriers we might come across in relation to you having everything as natural as possible, we'll, we'll get through it together. And she was a huge advocate for me throughout my whole pregnancy. And Birth, awesome. post um post birth as well so yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that's so good. And how often did you meet up with her? Because it was, did they come to your house and that type of thing as well with MGP? Yeah, yeah. Um, so because I worked um, nine to five, um, she, my midwife booked our appointments for outside of my work hours. So she'd always come over to my house um, generally around 5.30. Oh. Um, yeah, which was amazing. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, she at the start of my pregnancy um I saw my midwife about once a month for the first half of my pregnancy and then after that it um it would slowly increase um further along and then so I went from monthly to fortnightly to every week and then some yeah yeah once a week um I also had gestational diabetes as well, which was fun. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, is that the testing? You got that testing done at like twenty six weeks or something like that, and then yeah, yeah. Um, There's been yeah, a few so they, women on the podcast that have had it too, and it just sounds like a nightmare having to do your blood sugars like six times a day, uh, and oh, yeah, and the stress on it, top of it, having this diagnosis. How'd you? Yeah, it, it was really frustrating. Um, I, it wasn't the best experience for me. Um, my midwife, she was great. She was really supportive and the um, diabetic dietitians, uh, the diabetic educator and the dietitian, they were great as well at the hospital. Oh. Um, I guess it was the experience with one of the doctors I had was, which was really frustrating. So yeah. for me, I had to do the test twice <laughs> because the first time I vomited up the glucose syrup um, so and then the second time um I did it I was all good um but my results were I think my first blood sugar level was just on the cusp so the cutoff for the first test is 5.0 and I was 5.1 oh my god my original test I was 4.9 and I was under so I was like oh do I really have gestational diabetes or do I not? Um, but the doctors have said, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. And it's, you know, if you've got gestational diabetes, it's recommended to monitor it throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, my son was also growing two weeks ahead. Okay. Um, so he was, at that point, he was in the 93rd percentile. So yeah. they really wanted me to monitor my blood sugar level so I agreed to do that because I thought you know better be safe than sorry uh-huh. um, there was a period where um they give you the option depending on how like they monitor your sugars for two weeks mm-hmm. and then after that they ask you well depending on your levels they recommend whether you can monitor it using diet or whether you need to go on medication okay. um I discussed with my midwife that I I wanted to um, monitor it, um, sorry, that I wanted to manage it through my diet um, because we both thought that we could definitely do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, it showed that um, throughout my testing, as I was managing it through my diet, it showed that I could manage my blood levels through my diet. Uh, We did go away at one period on a holiday to Townsville because I had my baby shower in Townsville and I 
did not watch what I was eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a fair bit of sugar, so I knew my, my levels would be over. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I came back home, I was like, okay, back into my diet to monitor my blood sugar levels. Yeah. Um, when I came back, I had a doctor review my, my bloods and, um, and it wasn't a doctor that is from Mount Isa. They had just come in to cover for a period of time. So it wasn't the usual doctors I would see at the hospital. Yeah. Um, she came in um, and reviewed my bloods and said, you need to go on medication. And I said, well, I know I can monitor it through my diet. I've done it before. It was just this period of time where I wasn't monitoring what I was eating, hence my blood sugar levels had been high. The doctor then turned around and pretty much told me that um, if I didn't go on the medication, that I would have a stillborn. And yeah, that I was putting my child's life at risk Uh and that um, because of the nature of my work, that it, and if I loved my child, that I would go on the medication. were pretty much her words and I was really shocked and I was quite upset by what she said and I said you know what I don't know much about this medication and I don't I know there's not been too much research done on the impact the medication can have on on children Mm. uh, post like after they're born and whether it has a long lasting impact on them and I'd like to do my research around that before Mm. I just jump to the medication also, I know I can monitor and manage my blood sugars with my diet, so yeah. I don't need you to tell me yeah. that I'm going to have a stillborn oh. because I'm not, yeah. I'm not taking medication. So um, she had a go. My midwife had been really great and had been getting some research for me and had sent through all this research that had been done on, on, on the medication so that I could find out for myself and make a, you know, a holistic decision around whether... I continue with my diet or take yeah. the medication and when the doctor found that out she got really angry at my midwife and like no your midwife shouldn't that's not your job for your midwife to give you research oh. and give you that stuff that's my job so oh. that was really frustrating um and it's such but, a lazy way to care for somebody just to throw the dead baby card shut yeah. up shut compliant like don't question me and I don't know how to, to talk to you so I'm just going to tell you your baby's going to die if you don't do what I say yeah. <laughs> yeah. it just erodes and, trust too yeah and for me like considering how long it took for my husband and I to fall pregnant for yeah. a doctor to turn around and tell me that mm-hmm. I was going to have a stillborn because I wasn't going to take this medication was really oh. like a, a real like a punch in the guts like I was just like I can't believe you you just said that to me like mm-hmm. um there wasn't no or about it and I just said you know what mm-hmm. thank you for your advice but I'm gonna go in this direction and I'm gonna keep to my diet for another two weeks and of course if I can't manage it in, in the next two weeks with my diet then of course I'll take the medication if that's what's best for my child but yeah. oh good for you um so yeah, surprise surprise I actually love my child and care for it more than you <laughs> So, yeah. that. I do want to do the best for my baby. Yeah. Oh, and, well, good for you for like standing your ground. It's great. Oh, it was really frustrating. So my midwife and I talked about that and she's like, that's okay. I'll, you know, we'll, we'll I'll sort that side out with um, the doctor and things like that. So she really took a lot of that brunt for me in terms of um, me wanting to 
stick to my diet and not take the medication she really advocated for me because that was what I wanted so yeah. um and sure enough um I was able to manage it with my diet and um towards the end of my pregnancy my son's development dropped from the 97th 93rd percentile down to the 80th percentile yeah um they were saying if he was going to stay up in the nice in the 90s that they would want to induce me and that was the last thing I wanted yeah. <laughs> um going to labor naturally and yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so that would have um yeah you would have been that would have been nice not having to battle another battle about induction when he dropped down yeah. the last thing you want to do when you're heavily pregnant is try to argue about no I don't want to be induced or you know things like yeah yeah so how did you um how were you feeling about like your upcoming birth did you get into anything like um did you was there any particular things you did kind of thing in preparation for the birth yes So because I wanted to have a natural birth, the biggest thing I was worried about was um, tearing. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that I had spoken to my midwife about and had researched on was around um, massaging the um, perineum. I call it perineum, but I think it's... I think I get this wrong too all the time. (laughs) It's like giving... Oh yeah, I say perineum sometimes, but then perineum, I don't know. I'm sure one of them's probably broken or something. (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would, um, from about halfway through my pregnancy, I was massaging my perineum with coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Um, that would help um, to relax it a bit more and make it a bit more flexible. So that was something that I was doing. Um, I did some pregnancy yoga um during my pregnancy I didn't do it throughout my whole pregnancy because I got a little bit lazy (laughs) towards the third trimester but there were some um, things that my midwife had um, shown me um, from the spinning babies oh yeah cool yeah so she was she showed me some of the things to do um, regularly from that so like some stretches in um, there's this thing that you can do with um, oh goodness a scarf or something like that Um, Uh Yeah, so I did some some things from the spinning babies. Um, one of the main things that I found really um, helped ease my um, a lot of the discomfort and pain towards the end of my pregnancy was exercising. Yeah. So um, I did um, powerlifting previously with my husband, and then obviously when we I fell pregnant. Um, cut back significantly on the weights that I was doing and things like that, but um, would still exercise. And in the, my last trimester, um, going to the gym and just doing some weights, not not super heavy at all, um, that really helped alleviate some of the discomfort in my hips and my lower back because um, um, I had a lot of pain in my hips and in my lower back. Um, just because um, my son, his the way he was in my belly, his spine was on my spine. Okay. Yep. And he would turn from my right side to my spine and keep rotating in those positions. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I carried a, a bit of pain in my back. So, But, yep. yeah, exercising helps so much with that and um, stretching because it just helped with, um, obviously, my hips would slowly... <laughs> 
yeah. being pushed apart. Yeah. <laughs> so that helped with a lot of that that mm. joint pain and things like oh, that. That's so awesome. yeah. I watched a lot of home births online, yeah. YouTubed so much. Um, my husband and I would sit there and we um, YouTube um, home birth videos and um, just YouTube um, ad, um, birth stories, listening to podcasts of birth stories just to hear what other women's experiences were, things that they did that worked really well for them. Um, and one of the things that I would YouTube a lot was... Um, I guess it's similar to hypnobirthing, but it's called um, calm birthing. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, yeah, there was a lady that I would watch some of her videos and I, a lot of her stuff centred around breathing. So um, that was something that I focused on a lot and just making sure that um, I, I was doing a lot of the um, exercises and stretches um, that my midwife recommended. Yeah, cool. And when you were, um, because you said you were quite religious, when you are really pregnant, did you feel like more, like, did you feel like spiritually and religiously, did you get more like, I don't, I suppose you could say closer to God or did you talk to him more or anything like that? Like, how were you like in that way, in that sense, did that change while you were pregnant? Yeah. um, I think for both my husband and I, it was quite a spiritual experience for us, like, um, and it's funny because my husband, <laughs> um, he said that pregnancy leveled me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You always hear these stories of them with all the hormones and having hectic mood swings when they're pregnant. And yeah. for me, I had more mood swings when I wasn't pregnant than when I was yeah, pregnant. So I was very, yeah, very, I felt like I was much more level, much more calm when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with my husband. Yeah. Um, our relationship changed as well. It was much, we felt much more connected and, and in terms of our relationship with God as well was a lot stronger. Um, we spoke a lot to our son when he was in my, um, in my room. Um, my husband and I, uh, my husband would talk a lot to him. Um, we would sing to him when he was in, um, when I was pregnant. Um, one of the things that, um, like we're not great singers and we're not musically gifted people. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that we would do, um, my husband bought me an ukulele once for um, my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would play the ukulele to him and I would try and learn songs um, that I could sing to him. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was a big part of our pregnancy was my husband really rubbing my belly and spending that time talking to our son um and he was so responsive to my husband um yeah he'd start talking to him and he'd kick like crazy oh that is amazing <laughs> yeah it was pretty surreal like yeah. it was really really awesome well that's what I didn't expect when I was having my kids I didn't realize there was that whole like inner journey of pregnancy and what you do go through spiritually or like if you're religious yeah, it's not a mechanical, like just a physical, you know what I mean? It's such an internal journey as well. Yeah. And just the fact that I had another life growing inside me. Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. Like, wow. Yeah. You were literally like a portal <laughs> to the other yeah. realm. <laughs> like, it's such a surreal experience. Like 
I think, yeah, every day in my pregnancy, I was just like, I can't believe this is actually happening. I can't believe I have a little human growing inside of me. And like, you know, with that came so much responsibility, so much awe, um, fear even, um, you know, uh, will I be the best mum I can be for this little, this little person? Yeah. Um, but it was definitely... Um, yeah, I feel like my husband and I really came to ourselves during the pregnancy in terms of um, it was almost as if the missing there was something missing that we didn't know was missing. And we, through our pregnancy, um, whatever that missing part was being filled in. And, of course, that, that missing part was complete when he was born. So beautiful yeah how lovely so um with your birth what were you planning like the logistics of it did you have your husband with you did you want anybody else with you did you guys have family members or what did you have in mind for what your birth room would look like kind of thing yeah um so i wanted um to keep the room as um dark dim dimly lit as possible um i wanted to have a water birth um, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to have a water birth. Um, they didn't do that at the Mount Isa Hospital. Yeah. Um, I was, my midwife had said that I was able to labour in the bath, as, um, but I wouldn't be able to give birth in the bath. Right. Um, yeah. She had tried to advocate and try and find out if there was a way we could um, make it work so I could give birth in the bath, but... Um, Mm-hmm. yeah there wasn't any way around it um so I said that's fine like um I'll labor in the water as long as I can and then um give birth um yeah at the hospital and that was the other thing we were going to try and labor as long as possible at home as well before yeah. having to go to the hospital yeah um, I my husband and I definitely wanted my husband in the room mm-hmm. and we wanted for my husband to be able to catch our son as he born, and then for, uh, for him to cut his umbilical cord and place him on my chest. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely something we wanted. Um, my mom. Um, so originally, I wanted my mom and my sister in the in the room with us. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, my sister wasn't able to make it. Being in Mount Isa, it's. Um, Mm. too expensive she lives in sydney so it was way too expensive for her to fly here yeah uh, but fortunately my mum was able to come nice. um and then um so originally it was just going to be my husband my mom my midwife me um yeah. nice. and then whatever medical people needed to be there how far along were you when labor started and was there any dramas leading up to it or any kind of roadblocks like <laughs> Do, which is really <laughs> fine and you know all of that um well one of the uh we went for a oh sorry my husband uh, my my son just woke up and he just did a big poo on me if you want to change um, the that, i don't mind oh i think he's still going okay. <laughs> yeah. i'll go <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so um, cute. So we had a um, a checkup on Christmas Eve. So he was due on the second of January, 
Um, so the, um, our doctors wanted us to come in um, on the 2nd of Jan. Oh, sorry, on Christmas Eve. Yep. To just check in to see how he was going and make sure that he wasn't um, growing too big still. Okay. So we went in um, and they had noticed that, um, well, the doctor said that he was trying to find a reason um, to induce me early. And I was like, well, I don't want to be induced early. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so they did a, like a bedside check. And um, apparently when they did the checks, there was a, like a discrepancy between the blood flow um, to his head and the blood flow. Sorry, oh, I can't even remember so long ago. Um, there was they were worried about the blood flow, um, the difference in the blood flow from the um, placenta, and then something else, and they were worried that, that was impacting on um, how much blood he was getting to his head, and they were worried that um, we he wasn't getting enough blood to the brain and that I would have to be induced. Wow. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to be induced. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. um, we were, had to go for an emergency ultrasound um, just to check the blood flow to his brain. And when they did the, um, like the proper ultrasound, they found that everything was all good, the blood flow was all good, yeah. and he was all fine. Um, so we said we'll leave that then. Um, um they had said they wanted me if i didn't give birth by my due date that they wanted me to come in and be induced mm. um and i kind of was like mm, nah <laughs> what was <laughs> the reason behind that did they tell you um, they said because most of my pregnancy he was growing so big two weeks ahead um that they didn't want me to give birth to a big baby um, so they wanted to induce me um, if I hadn't given birth by my due date. Yeah, um, yeah but like, nope. <laughs> yeah, and I said, you know, women who are given birth should be big babies for however long. Um, and if my baby's healthy, I'm healthy, and there's no need for for me to be induced, then... I don't want to be induced. I'd rather um, everything take its course and my son will come when he's ready. Um, so that's what I discussed with my midwife. And yeah, again, she supported me with that and she advocated for me. Yeah. Um, and I ended up um, going five days over. So um, we were getting towards, I think on the 6th of January, he hadn't come, but he was so fully engaged. Like, I think had been having early labour signs from like 34 weeks. It was crazy. Um, but they say that's normal for first-time pregnancy, so I wasn't super worried about it. Uh -huh. um, but by this, by the 6th of Jan, I was four days over overdue, and um, he was dropping so low. Yeah. And I was like, he's so ready to come, but I don't know if he is. So my midwife um, checked, um, just did a check um, to see where I was at and um, was going to do a stretch and sweep. But when she checked me, I was already one centimetre dilate. So um, she told me, okay, um, go home, um, 
do lots of squats, lots of lunges, just to um, you know help bring on that labor a bit more naturally because you've already started. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So um, my husband and I went to the gym. <laughs> and <laughs> <you> <laughs> yeah and I was um doing squats and sure enough my waters broke Um, at the gym yeah at the gym um I was like oh yeah that's my waters went to the bathroom yep that was my waters um but because I was hoping I had like a a maternity pad on um we ended up finishing our exercise (laughs) that's so funny um and then we went home. Um, I let my midwife know that my waters had um, had um, burst, and she just said, "Okay, yep, just monitor it. And once your contractions get to about um, five to three minutes apart, um, mm-hmm. give me a call. And um, at five minutes, she'd come around to the house just to help with um, labouring at home. And then um, when when they were three minutes apart, then we would head up to the hospital um, for the birth. Um, But unfortunately, that didn't happen. My husband and I were sitting down relaxing and I had extra um, water come out. And um, when I went to the bathroom, um, it was yellow. So I, because I'd been watching so much YouTube videos, um, I knew that he passed meconium inside me. Um, So I was like, oh, no, no, I have to get induced. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I called my midwife and I told her, and she said, "Yeah, you're going to have to come up to the hospital now. Where you're going to have to be monitored, and we're going to have to put a um, the is it the CCG the heart monitoring TG the yeah CTG yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so they she said I'd have to wear that because um when babies pass meconium when they're still in the room they they worry that it's because they're stressed so they wanted to monitor his heart right and she said unfortunately because of this um the doctors are going to say that you need to be induced and um i can try and see if we can have you labor as long as possible but they're going to push for an induction i said at the end of the day um if it's better for him Mm-hmm. and we'll go we'll have the induction that's like I, I guess I decided that you know if he was really stressed then I didn't want him to be in there longer than he needed to be so I said okay that's fine um so my husband and I went up to the hospital um they put me the monitor um the monitoring band around my belly to monitor his heart rate mm-hmm. um so that was about midnight we went up to the hospital yeah um and then um because at that point my contractions as well they were really irregular so um they weren't strong but just they fluctuated between being two minutes apart to five minutes apart to i think one was 20 minutes apart it was crazy um and then midwife had said oh that's probably because um, you're laboring in your back, which means his, he's not facing the right way. So even though he's head down, his back is on your spine. Yeah. Okay. So um, she said, that's okay. We'll try and work around that. Um, and on the um, monitoring, like when you got your CTG, was he okay according to the machine kind of thing? 
Yeah. Um, so um, when they would check it, like it was all good. So they monitored, they said that um, they would monitor it for a few hours. And then um, I think it was at, they would decide from there whether to induce me. Mm -hmm. So the, the heart rate, I think at one point, did his heart rate did peak a little bit, but it went back to normal. Um, but based on everything, everything was all good. They weren't worried about it. Um, but then they came back, the doctor said, no, nah, she needs to be induced. Um, so I ended up being induced at 6 a.m., just after six that morning. Um, and they induced me through, um, giving me the oxytocin through the drip. IV, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, through IV. So, um, yeah, so I had that um, at this point because when we'd left the house, my mum and my mother-in-law were still here and we told them we were going out because of um, we had to be monitored, but we said, oh, but don't stress about coming up now. You know, once everything kind of gets going we'll we'll call you guys and you guys can just drive up you know it's a five minute drive (laughs) Um, so they're like okay um so they went back to bed um 6 a.m got induced and at first there wasn't much of an impact so i didn't feel much of a change the contractions had gotten a bit stronger but they were still um, to be honest i wasn't even monitoring how far apart they were um they're still a little irregular yeah and most of them I was feeling in my back and then sometimes in my belly, but mostly in my back. Yeah. Um, my midwife, um, I think, because there's a thing that around, um, they can't work more than 12 hours. Oh, so yeah. because she was nearing that 12 hour mark, yeah. she went yeah. home to get some sleep and another midwife came and took over. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was really great as well because I'd had a lot to do with her during my pregnancy as well. So I was familiar with her and she knew what I wanted as well. Because um, she did a lot of work with me um, around my breathing, which was really great. Yeah. Um, so every time a contraction hit, um, we would just work on breath- my breathing. Um, and it made a world of difference. Oh, um, yeah. It was around, I think, maybe... couple of I think I was contracting like because there wasn't much happening with my contractions Mm -hmm. um they kept increased they increased the oxytocin Uh um and they ended up having to give me a full dose um and then once I got by the time I had been given the full dose my midwife was back and um it was like my contractions went from zero to a hundred. Oh, wow. So I'm not having like the contractions not being too hectic. They went to super painful really quickly and they were getting like really, really close, um, close together. Yeah. Um, and were you and still being monitored with the CTG, like all up around your belly? Like how were you, yeah. what positioning were you in? in yeah. Um, so before they got really bad, I was in the hospital bed trying to get some sleep. And then once they started to get a bit painful, I jumped on the medicine ball and I would rock or bounce. And then I would walk around the room. Um, 
when um, a contraction would hit and if it was a bit more painful than the last one, I would kind of just um, bend over onto the hospital bed, like my elbows on the bed, and I would um, sway my hips. Um, and that helped a bit. Um, unfortunately, because I had the heart, the CTG on, I couldn't labour in the bath at all. Yeah. Um, or jump in the shower, which was, mm. which sucked, yeah. um, but it was all right. Um, mm. um, yeah, so I did a lot of w- walking around, um, sometimes squatting, um, a lot of stuff on the on the medicine board, um, not the medicine board, the um, yoga board. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of rocking my hips because that seemed to help a lot. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one point where I got a really bad contraction. Um, so just after I'd been given the full dose of oxytocin, I was on the toilet yeah. and the contraction hit me and it was the worst time to hit because I was in the worst position and I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> and my husband's standing there and I was like, give me your hand. Oh. And he was like, okay. And um he just, oh, his poor face, he just looked at me like, oh, my goodness, what can I do? Oh, okay. um, but I was like, it's okay. I just need to hold your hand until I can get yeah. off the toilet because it was such an uncomfortable position. Okay. I couldn't move or anything. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, and did you see your that, midwife, your original, like, your MGP midwife arrived back? Yeah, yeah. So she arrived in, um, just as I... Well, actually, I can't even remember when she got there. I think it was um, um, just after they started me on um, the oxytocin um, because she was there when my final, when she she had to increase it to the full dosage because my contractions weren't um, getting, there wasn't anything really happening. but once I had the full dosage um, and my contractions started getting really painful and closer together, mm-hmm. I had this really hectic contraction and it was so painful. It felt like it went for an hour. Oh, gosh. But um, I spoke to my midwife afterwards and she said it was um, a 10-minute contraction. So, wow. And so she was like, oh, my goodness, you're not getting any rest. Oh. So she ended up turning off the machine and um yeah so that I wasn't getting more any more oxytocin um but yeah even oh hell, 10 minutes that's like torture <laughs> you poor yeah it was it was intense I was like oh my goodness yeah um because I guess when you're contracting like you go through the contraction and then you're like okay there's going to be a rest period and then you live for that rest period yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then when that period comes you're like okay breathe yeah. Okay, cool. Relax. This okay, you good. Get ready for the next one. And now, then I am with my kids. I just love that in between time. And I've seen a midwife, Carla Hartley. She's like a traditional and like an older midwife in the US. And she said something, and I'm like, that's exactly what it's like. She said, when in between that, in the like in between the contractions, don't dwell on the last one and don't dread the next one. Like you just need yes. to be in the moment and it is like so beautiful and so yeah. to have 10 minutes oh my gosh you poor thing it's just cruel that's exactly though what um my midwives said to me is like don't worry about the last one don't freak out about the first one like exactly what they said. yeah just enjoy being this moment yeah. and embrace it um 
which was awesome and it really gave me that motivation and be like okay yep I can do this um so yeah that 10 minute contraction when that break didn't come I was like oh my goodness I can't keep up with my breathing (laughs) oh gosh yeah yeah but then after once I finally had that break after 10 minutes I was like I just need to lie down so um I just need to have a little bit of a rest and lay down um because at that point when I had the 10 minute contraction I was sitting on the um on the yoga ball mm-hmm. rocking and my husband was holding my hand and um so I went and I lay down on the bed uh-huh. and I had like I it felt like it was probably only like 30 60 seconds of a bit of a rest and then I had my next contraction and I just felt this pressure down there and I was like he's coming yeah I pushed I push now <laughs> but I was like if you feel like you need to yeah push and I was like okay <laughs> so, um, I had a I had another contraction and um I rolled because I was kind of like on my hands and knees I rolled onto my side and then the contraction hit mm-hmm. and it was probably the worst position to be in on like laying on the bed uh-huh. when that contraction hit mm-hmm. um it was like it was went through my whole body oh. and I not, I felt like I couldn't move there was nothing I could do to really kind of control this contraction or manage it yeah. um and it was like lying down was what had made it worse and I was like I need to stand I need to get up I can't lie down but I had to wait for that contraction once that contraction stopped my midwife was um said I'll well maybe it was before but she said I'll do a quick check to see where you're at and she did a quick check and she was like oh yep you're fully dilated (laughs) and I was like okay awesome Awesome. um can I stand up please (laughs) so um because I just was like, I need to be standing. I can't, I can't give birth on my back. So yeah. um, they helped me to my feet. Mm-hmm. And before I could get down and off the bed, another contraction hit. So then um, I was like, he's coming. <laughs> and um, yeah, I gave birth standing on the end of the hospital bed in a quarter squat position, holding on to my husband. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah it was pretty it was pretty epic um yeah yeah what Um, was it like like when he came out like his head came out and what were you thinking like at this point because you're on the bed two seconds before this yeah I have your mind well because leading up to that I was just like I don't know if I can do this I had this (laughs) moment I was like freaked out and um, my midwife was like no you're a strong woman you can do this and she's like, you're going to roar your baby out. And that's exactly what we did. Roared him. And um, she told me to touch. She said, his head's right there. Put your hand down there and you can feel his head. And I felt, um, I put my hand down there, felt his head. And it was like I got this second wind. And I was like, oh, my goodness, he's right there. And um, when I felt his head come out, it was like, all the pain just disappeared. It was strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, still a little bit of pain, but it was like it was like mm-hmm. like his the hard the hard hard part was done. Yeah. Um, awesome. So my midwife 
because I was holding on to my husband and I was leaning on him, he switched with my midwife. He came around and he saw my son's head there and he was like, oh, my goodness. And he told me later that he burst into tears. Oh, Bless him. No. Um, and then another midwife helped him um, as I pushed, um, helped him pull him out. Yeah. And it was crazy. I lay down on the bed and it was like I did not just give birth. Yeah. Like it, I was like, they. it is literally true what they say, that as soon as you give birth, it's the pain is all gone and you forget about the pain. And it was literally like a light switch. It was gone. Mm-hmm. And my husband um, cut his cord placed him on my chest and I was just like, oh my goodness. Oh. And it was the most surreal yeah. moment of our lives. And um, it's so bizarre because um, we had music playing in the background because we I wanted to have like a, my husband created like a, a labor playlist for me. And um, there's this song and it's one of my favorite Christian songs. It's called Good Good Father by Chris Tomlin. Okay, yep. And just after he, um, after my son gave birth and my husband placed him on my chest, that song came on and it was crazy. It was like... So special. Yeah, it was just a really spiritual experience as well. It wasn't just... It was this intimate spiritual experience and it was just like... Wow. Yeah, the whole world was in that room. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) pretty cool. That is so beautiful. How nice. And did you tear? Because <laughs> that was a fear. Of oh, my goodness. So I didn't feel like I talked, but um, it was one of the first questions I yeah. asked my mom. I was like, did I tear? Did I tear? <laughs> and she's like, oh, I haven't looked yet. But, yeah, he told me good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. the pretty big tear. I can't remember what. Um, it was pretty bad. She was stitching me for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. And how was stitching up and all of that? Like, what was that experience like when you literally just had a baby and then you have to endure that? Um, I'm, I think because of where I tore and like where she had to stitch, um, I felt like that pain was worse yeah. than um, giving birth. Um, it's a different kind of, I guess, laboring and um, like contractions and birth pains are very different. Yeah. It's a different type of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would rather have a contraction and give birth than get stitched up down there again because it was, um, yeah. it was, I guess it was very sensitive as well. But yeah, it was painful. <laughs> and I was like, ah, that's not nice. <laughs> yeah. Um thing um what so what time did he end up being born because these they started the induction at like six yes um he was born at 10 17 a.m yeah wow so yeah it was past like the end bit anyways like yeah well um and i think that's why um that's why my mom and mother-in-law didn't end up getting to be in the room um yeah because when that contraction hit that 10 minute contraction i was like tell our moms to come up now. And then um, by the time they got there, mm-hmm. um, I was standing at the end of the bed in a quarter spot position. And my husband was like, 
do you want me to let them in? And I was like, don't talk to me right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. But, um, but I think it ended up turning out, um, the fact that it was just he and I and our midwife, um, it was a bit more of a spiritual and more intimate experience and um, it ended up being better, I guess, yeah. um, as much as we would have loved to have had um, our mothers there. Um, yeah. It ended up working out in the end for us. Yeah. they just And that's, I think they just weren't, babies sometimes just pick their birth stories and they just weren't meant to be the hay, like it was just meant to be that way. So Yeah. He was ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. And how long did you stay in hospital for? Um, because I had gestational diabetes, I knew I had to stay at least 24 hours um, in the hospital for his bloods to be monitored. monitored. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ended up being in hospital for three days. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah it wasn't the best experience. <laughs> um, yeah. We went from having this amazing birth, mm-hmm. um, really well-supported birth by my midwife, to having this just not a very positive experience um, on the ward. Um, so our... It's an anti-climax. <laughs> You've just had this yeah. happen and yeah. Yeah, it was yeah a bit unfortunate. Um, so our first night in the hospital, um, it's our first night with our child, and um, exhausted by the way, because you've been going like nearly all night, really. Hey, like you haven't. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah, but it was crazy because you know he was there, and all I wanted to do was stare at him. It was really hard to kind of switch off and go to sleep. Yeah, um, yeah. you just want to hold them and cuddle them. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it had been a long day um, and he had to get his heel pricked to have his bloods tested every six hours. Mm. And we were like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we couldn't, I couldn't feed him until they did the blood test um, because if I fed him, um, he would then, um, it would, yeah, his sugars would be off. So um, I had to wait. Mm. Um, and our first night, um, one of his bloods ended up being, um, a bit over, uh, a bit under, sorry. So it was under because, well, my theory is, this is what I believe, is that they didn't come to test him until an hour past the date. Um, the time they were supposed to test him. Mm-hmm. So he hadn't eaten. Um, it was an hour longer. I was just about to feed him because I was like, I'm not waiting any longer. Yeah. And they came in, chastised me for about to feed him, <laughs> about to feed him, told me to wait for the blood test. Mm-hmm. Um, had to wait a little longer again. And then when they tested him, he was just under. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, if you guys had tested him on time, you know, his, I don't think his levels would have been so low. Um, but because his blood sugar level was low, they, we were told um, we had to stay in another night. Um, our, our, the other thing that happened on our first night is, um, so it's our first night with our child. Um, I'd finally fallen asleep. My husband um, 
fortunately we had our own room so he was able to have like a pull-out couch to sleep on uh -huh. um, so he was there on our first night um baby had just woken up and was fussing so he um picked him up and had him with him on the on his bed thing mm -hmm. and the mid one of the midwives came in and was like um i need to do his blood test and then my husband was like yeah that's fine mm -hmm. and they usually do the blood tests in the room with us um so we're there we watch it all and my husband gave her our son he put his head down for two seconds and when he looked back up the midwife had disappeared with our son oh he was like oh my goodness where are they yeah Looked around, the, like looked around the room. They're not there. He's walked out into the ward, and couldn't see the midwife or my son anywhere. Oh. Um, he's like then panicked and is walking up and down the ward trying to find our son. Oh, and the only reason he found him was because he heard him crying, oh. and the midwife had taken our son into the staff room with her, okay, without yeah. asking us, without telling us. Oh, just decided to take him and my husband's like what are you doing and the midwife was like oh i'm just doing the blood test and he's like no usually you do them in the room with us like yeah. i didn't say you could take my son and she's like oh no that's okay um i'll look after him you go get some sleep and he's like are you serious oh. i can't sleep without my son in the room <laughs> it took everything in his being not to lose it yeah. um so he's like, I'll take my son, thank you, and brought him back to the room. So oh I think that first night was really not the best for us, not yes. the first night we wanted to have with our son. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, and that instinct just kicks in, I think. Like when yes. Parent, even when they're still little, like if you don't know where they are right now, especially when they're first born, like you just feel yeah. sick in the gut. Like where have they gone? Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah so... Yeah. My my husband didn't wake me up. He didn't want to scare yeah. me. Yeah. So I'm I'm a bit glad he didn't because I think I don't think I would have been able to handle that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was really not great. And then because his blood sugar level had been low, um, we had to have a pediatrician come talk to us, and um, we were exclusively breastfeeding. Um, I had expressed colostrum um, during my pregnancy so that um, I'd be able to give him extra colostrum um, if it took a while for my milk to come in. Yeah. Um, and we had, the hospital were aware that we wanted to exclusively breastfeed. Um, but because his blood sugar level was low, the uh, pediatrician came and saw us and told us that um, we'd have to put him on formula. Mm. And we were like, oh, I don't think we need to. Um, We've like I've we've got enough colostrum that I've expressed. He's now latching. He um, I think we like if he's getting enough colostrum from my boob as well as from um, what we've got stored up, then I think yeah. that'll be fine. Um, it been working, and plus if you know, if he had been tested on time, I don't think his blood levels would have been low. Yeah. And the pediatrician said, no, you need to put him on formula. Mm. And then we came to a compromise. So um, the pediatrician said, yeah, pop him on the boo for the colostrum 
and then um, top them up with formula. So mm-hmm. we we agreed to do that. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, my son hated the formula. Yeah. Um, he wasn't taking to it, um, wouldn't drink it, and then he, like, afterwards was fussing and I think it gave him some wind and just he just didn't react positively to the formula. Yeah. Um, so... Um, and then after that, he, it was really hard to get him to latch back on again as well. Um, he was just really unsettled, really fussy, really, um, yeah. So, um, that, those feeds, like he, because he wasn't eating, um, the formula and then we would try to give the colostrum and, um, through the boob, he wasn't taking it, his, sugar levels ended up being low again because he wasn't eating yeah. um, so then we tried to talk to the pediatrician about just using the colostrum that we had to um fill him up because i had quite a lot of colostrum stored yeah um, and around um you know like once i got him to latch back on again i said oh, you know i definitely think that we can do that because he's not reacting well to the formula he's and after we do give him the formula he's just not feeding well yeah um yeah and that um and the pediatrician said no you need to keep giving the formula Mm. at all costs um and because we'd had such a negative experiences already and we just wanted to go home we didn't want to fight anymore so we agreed um so we said fine we'll give we'll give him the formula but we'll we'll um we'll feed it to him through a um supply line through a syringe oh yeah Um, yeah so do the the finger sucking trick and with the syringe so that it wouldn't impact on his latch yeah Um, and then so the doctor was like fine you can do that and we agreed to do that um and that seemed to work. So he took the formula if we did it like that. So um, he would have boob. I'd top him up with um, a syringe of colostrum. And then um, I think it was 20 mils of formula as well. And <laughs> his um, sugar levels after that were really good. <laughs> they were like very high. Um, so we hit the 24 hour mark again and we were like, sweet, let's go home now. Yeah. And they were like, the doctor wants to keep you in longer and I said why oh my god I mean for us his sugar levels are fine and my milk ended up coming in on that on the second day as well so I um so I was giving him breast milk colostrum and formula (laughs) it was crazy um so and did he have like they they were really hell-bent on you giving him formula was he like showing symptoms of hypoglycemia or was it literally they're just going off his blood sugars like how was he as a baby was did he oh he was he was perfect yeah Um, Mm -hmm. that his first week he put on weight like he didn't you know how usually babies lose weight in their first week um after being born he put on weight um awesome he so wasn't, wasn't like, like an unwell baby that's seriously no. yeah. jittery and going blue because he's got low sugars. Like, but the machine. Yeah, that, yeah. So he was, and mm-hmm. he was so responsive. Like, he was born talking. Like, is what we say. Like, when he was on my chest after he was born, 
he was looking and cooing and talking and um and he was very alert so he would look around the room and I remember my mother-in-law held him and he would follow her with his eyes like he was very he was a very alert baby he was very um responsive um yeah, the one thing that we were probably worried about was him getting jaundice because we were stuck in the hospital <laughs> and yeah. no sun. Um, okay. uh-huh. And even trying to get him in the sun was an issue with the hospital. Uh-huh. So we went to take him outside for a walk and one of the midwives stopped us and said that it was a liability to them if we took our son outside for a walk and that because he was a patient, we weren't allowed to take him for a walk in the sun. Oh, wow. I don't know yeah. how I stand up in the court of law, but anyway. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. And my midwife was, bless my midwife, she she fought a lot of battles for us and she yeah. definitely tried to advocate a lot on our behalf. But, um, yeah. yeah, but thankfully she and another um, midwife on the ward were mm-hmm. like, no, reason for you guys to be in another 24 hours his blood sugar levels are fine there was only that one blood sugar that was off yeah there's no reason why you need to stay in um and they fought for um because they kept they kept putting off his pediatric review because um for him to be discharged he needed to be reviewed by a pediatrician um and pedi- like it kept getting put off um so mm-hmm. um the um, my midwife and another midwife really pushed for that and they were like, you know, there's no need for them to be here. Yeah. He's healthy, she's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sugar levels have been good for the last 24 hours. Yeah. They can So they finally got a pediatrician down to review him and we got to go home. <laughs> oh, thank God. And not just, just to be at home, but just for you and your husband's sanity and your mental health and all of that. It's so important to especially if you want to go home, you know what I mean? Just snuggle back in yeah. at home in your own environment and get some sleep. Get into a, yeah, get into our own routine. Yeah. And I yeah. think when you're in a place where you're not used to, um, you're like, your nervous system is a bit more like, you know, on guard and it's just, you don't want to be yeah. in that state when you've just had a baby. You want to relax and, you know, get to know him at home. and Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, well, thank God you finally got home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we were stoked. Like as soon as they said we would go home, <laughs> yeah. we were done. <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. So we couldn't wait to get back home. So that was Lovely. that was yeah. Oh, nice. And how's the like your early postpartum been? Like, what's it been like with breastfeeding and your sleeping? How are you adjusting to being a mum? Yeah, um, it's been. It's not been easy but it's not been crazy um mm-hmm. after we did have like a week after he was born we had a scare with his heart so um he has a fast heart but um and when we had one of his checkups um he was eating and they checked his um heart rate and his heart rate was spiking over 200 wow. um so he had to go back to hospital for that 24 hours to be monitored, but yeah. it all ended up being all good. Um, my husband has a fast heart. His sister has a fast heart. Okay. It yeah. seems to be a thing on their side of the family, but it doesn't have, like, an impact on 
everyday functioning. Yeah. Um, so that was, I guess, a bit stressful. Yeah. And after that period, that after that experience, I um, I got mastitis oh, for the first time. Um, and um, I got mastitis. In the first six weeks postpartum, I got mastitis three times. <laughs> oh, far out. <laughs> so, and yeah, my midwife and I seemed to think that it was a bit of an emotional trigger. So the first time I got it was after he was in hospital. Yeah. And then the second and third time um, I got mastitis was when I went to go visit a friend um, who she um, had her baby three weeks before me. Yeah. And... Um, Unfortunately, due to circumstances for her, she was unable to breastfeed, and yeah. um, and I, it was a bit of a crappy experience for her what she went through at the hospital, which kind of led to her not being able to breastfeed. Mm. So I think every time I went to see her, I got really guilty. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, like and I got things manifest, don't they? So yeah, that's yeah. connection, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what my, my midwives seem to think that it was um, my mastitis was manifesting from that emotional yeah. connection. So I was like, oh, that's so strange. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how our bodies work. Yeah, definitely. There's so much um, to it we don't know yet how our bodies work. Yeah. So there's so much mystery still. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. Um, so I had mastitis three times. Um, I nearly infected my uterus <laughs> after my first week. <laughs> um, so like my midwife had told me you know there's not a lot that you'll be able to do first time like you're not going to be able to do a lot of things so just make sure you rest and I was like yeah that's yeah I can do that okay. um but um I guess being in the house for so long, after a week I was like oh I just need to get out for a little bit so I was like yeah I'll go do the grocery shop with my husband so we went to the shops to go do grocery shop um and that was the worst thing I could have done I literally walked around for 20 minutes and we had to go home because I was in so much pain and when I got home the pain in my uterus and my belly was Mm. next level I had to call my midwife and bless her it was about 9 30 at night 10 o'clock and I was in so much pain and she drove all the way out to my house to see me and just to make sure I was okay to check my uterus to check my stitches make sure I didn't have any infection um she was amazing and she's like okay I know you want to get out of the house but no more walking for the next week (laughs) and I was like yeah isn't it one like I feel like it's amazing how our bodies communicate to us when when we listen to it, like it literally gives you pain when it doesn't want you to do something like stay put in bed. And when you start, I feel like with my postpartums, if I just, you know, it's kind of like when you start feeling better and then you have like a hardcore day cleaning and you just feel pain again. And I'm like, okay, that's my body saying you need to chill out <laughs> or I will send yeah. a signal to rest kind of thing. Yeah. Obviously did too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so crazy. Like I, I was like, oh, wow, did not expect that. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Finally, we've like, we finally met up. Yeah. It's been so lovely to talk to you and hear hear Harper's birth story. It's awesome. It was wonderful, like your birth and how you managed that 
with the drip, I've like, I'm biased. Like I've just heard a lot of just how labor can be so much harder with it. So you're a champion for getting through it. And <laughs> I don't oh. know if I could, like I honestly take my hat off to, to you ladies that have to do that, but um, just amazing. Yeah, no, I'm very fortunate that I had awesome support. Like my midwife was amazing from day one and my husband was a rock, absolute rock. So I'm very fortunate that I had great support around me. Yeah, and you do seem like you sound like a really focused and you knew what you wanted from the start. So, um, yeah, strong woman will help get you over the line too, hey? <laughs> <When you're> yeah. <laughs>